0: That, that is what they've so far succeeded, is that people prefer to be yeah. looked the other mm-hmm. way.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: they don't realize that their entire life is, you know, they think as if they've got the people convinced that by keeping, quote, it's physical distance we're talking about, uh, and masking that they're doing the civic thing.
1: They're yeah. being good citizens. N- N- Vera Sharaf, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, your, la- your last name correctly. Are you, uh, are you, can you hear us?
0: Yes, I can. can oh, me?
1: I'm so glad. I hope you, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I have to apologize. I, you may right. have heard what uh, Dr. Mike Eden told us. Okay, we think it's important that he is, uh, that people hear his warnings. And I'm pretty sure that you agree with him.
0: Unfortunately, I think I know where it's all leading.
1: Yeah. Can you, for
0: I have, a Yeah, I'll, I'd like to sort of set this, you know, yeah. because my perspective is different from others. Yeah. I'm not a scientist, but. Mm-hmm. So as a child survivor of the Nazi reign of terror, I learned indelible lessons about the nature of evil. I know the consequences of being stigmatized and demonized as a spreader of disease. My perspective is informed by my experience, by the historical record and by the empirical evidence. We were required as Germans know to wear a yellow star of David to identify us, to segregate Jews, Exclusionary laws barred the family from normal life, from attending ordinary activities. Our property was impounded. We were forbidden to participate in all educational, religious, cultural gatherings. Travel was forbidden for Jews, so there was no escape. These painful memories from my childhood sensitized me to the threat posed by current restrictive government dictates. You know, in 1776, Benjamin Rush, a doctor, and signer of the Declaration of Independence, foresaw the danger of medicine organizing as what he called an undercover dictatorship. Under the Nazi regime, moral norms were systematically obliterated. The medical profession and institutions were radically transformed. Academic science, the military, industry, and clinical medicine were tightly interwoven, as they are now. The Nazi system destroyed a social conscience in the name of public health. Violations against individuals and classes of human beings were institutionalized. Eugenics driven public health policies replaced the physician's focus on the good of the individual. German medical profession and institutions were perverted. Coercive public health policies violated individual civil and human rights. Criminal methods were used to enforce policies. Nazi propaganda used fear of infectious epidemics to demonize Jews as spreaders of disease, as a menace to public health. This is a hallmark of antisemitism. Blame the Jewish people for existential threats. In the middle ages, Jews were blamed for the bubonic plague and the black plague. Fear and propaganda were the psychological weapons the Nazis used to impose a genocidal regime. And today, some are beginning to understand why the German people didn't rise up. Fear kept them from doing the right thing. Medical mandates today are a major step backward toward a fascist dictatorship and genocide. Government dictates medical interventions. These undermine our dignity as well as our freedom. First, it was vaccination mandates for children. Now it's for adults. The stark lesson, excuse me, of the Holocaust is that whenever doctors join forces with government and deviate from their personal, professional, clinical commitment to do no harm to the individual, medicine can then be perverted from a healing humanitarian profession to a murderous apparatus.
1: You know, the reason
0: that the Greeks made the students of medical schools, before they were allowed into medical school to swear the Hippocratic oath, was because they knew that in medicine, you you gain knowledge about how you can actually kill. And they had to promise that they would do no harm. Otherwise, they weren't allowed in medical school. I think they were ahead of us in understanding human nature.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: What sets the Holocaust apart from all other mass genocides is the pivotal role played by the medical establishment, the entire medical establishment. Every step of the murderous process was endorsed by the academic and professional medical establishment. Medical doctors and prestigious medical societies and institutions lent the veneer of legitimacy infanticide, mass murder of civilians. T4 was the first industrialized medical murder project in history. The first victims were disabled German infants and children under three. They were identified by midwives who reported their existence to the state. The next victims were the mentally ill, followed by the elderly in nursing homes. The murderous operations were methodical and followed protocol very, very carefully. Questionnaires were sent out to all psychiatric institutions requiring detailed information about each patient. A committee of 54 psychiatrists made the final life and death decisions for each patient. Now, the objective of T4 was to eliminate the economic burden of those the regime and the doctors deemed worthless eaters. And it was also to empty beds to make room for wounded soldiers during the war. 4 also served as a testing ground for various lethal chemical and pharmaceuticals. The financial beneficiaries of the Nazi genocide were the corporate elite. Their record of collaboration with genocidal regimes is uninterrupted. Without the financial support of Wall Street bankers and collaboration by major U.S., German, and Swiss corporations that provided the chemical, the industrial, and the technological material, Hitler could not have carried out this unprecedented industrialized murderous operations. Among the companies that profiteered from the Holocaust, Standard Oil and Chase Manhattan, both owned by Rockefellers, IBM, Kodak, Ford, Coca-Cola, Nestle, BMW, and of course, IG Farben and Bayer, as well as Escher IG Farben was the largest World War II profiteer. Using Auschwitz patients as slave laborers, doctors actually sent those whom they deemed able to be uh, slave laborers to the uh, IG Farben factories. And, Mines, they also had their own camp. They also conducted experiments. IBM technology facilitated the rapid implementation of the Holocaust. Census data was contained in IBM computer punch cards. The Jews of Europe were quickly identified, rounded up, segregated, deported, tracked, imprisoned, tattooed, enslaved, and exterminated. COVID-19 pandemic has exposed eugenics-driven public health policies in Western Europe and the United States. This is a chilling replay of T4. government directives to hospitals and nursing homes essentially condemned the elderly to death. In Europe and the United States, hospitals were ordered not to treat, not to provide medical treatment, including oxygen to elderly people in nursing homes. Several U.S. governors sent infected elderly people to nursing homes, knowing that they lacked essential safeguards to prevent the spread of the virus. Before he issued the executive order that sent 15,000, more than 15,000 human beings to death, Governor Cuomo of New York State predicted that the virus would be like fire through dry grass in nursing homes. The corporate media Academy of Science awarded Governor Cuomo an Emmy for his TV performances that were billed as, uh, what were they billed as? There are always euphemisms, but the point was, he was giving the uh, happenings of how the virus was progressing and what was being done. And the implication was that the White House wasn't doing it, so he was doing it for
1: them. I saw that.
0: Briefings, briefings, that that was the term that was used. Of course, we have since found out, since the Attorney General report, uh, that it was all a lie and that he concealed he concealed the number of deaths so he knew when people conceal a crime they know it's a crime
1: yeah we all know this, Vera, but it's uh, still, it's shocking to hear this over again and to see it in context, to see what's going on right now. It's simply shocking. And Viviana pointed out that her, was was that my groß uncle, also great uncle? Yeah, her great uncle uh, was a priest and he tried and preached, um, wanted to protect the people from this T4 program, uh, eventually he, was, he too was uh, put into a concentration camp and, and he died there. So she is, uh, even Viviana is personally touched by this, and she's just hoping that the, this time we will have another, a different outcome. I'm sure we will, but it's not going to be without a, a very, very serious fight.
0: Very serious. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you let me, I'll go on with what I have, and then you can always ask me questions. In 2006, during the avian flu epidemic, H5N1, a panel of public health officials advised the Bush administration to institute quarantines and closures and measured lockdowns. Their recommendations to consider these lockdowns were completely rejected by Dr. Donald Henderson, who was an acclaimed, real eradicator of, among other things, smallpox. And he wrote a report. He was the primary author, there were three of them. And the report was in opposition to what he called unscientific measure. And this is what he said I quote experience has shown that communities faced with epidemics or other adverse events respond best with the least anxiety when the normal social functioning of the community is least disrupted. Strong political and public health leadership to provide reassurance and to ensure that needed medical care services are provided are critical elements. If either is seen to be less than optimal, a manageable epidemic could move toward catastrophe. Today, debate is forbidden. doctor is not allowed to say that the virus is being exploited to maintain a state of fear lockdowns have in this time around proved to be very effective tool for social control but they failed to change the course of the virus People are being conditioned to submit passively to government dictates. Children who are deprived of an education are being conditioned to distrust people. Mandatory masks are an insidious psychological weapon. They demean our dignity as free human beings. They do not work in this or any epidemic, and they are the symbolic equivalent of the yellow star. Study after study has found that lockdowns destroyed millions of lives and livelihoods, throwing millions of people into poverty. Even the Wall Street Journal has conceded that lockdowns were not worth the pain, however, For global oligarchs, the COVID pandemic has been a financial bonanza. American billionaires increased their vast personal wealth by 2.2 trillion dollars just in 2020. So I guess We really can't overlook the strong financial incentive for lockdowns that destroy competition. All the local industries in most cities certainly have gone bankrupt. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to only buy from the large Amazons. Doctors and scientists who express views that challenge official dictates are treated as heretics. They are threatened with loss of livelihood, and I'm sure you know some of them. Oh, yeah. Anyone who questions the safety of vaccines that have been rushed through Operation Warp Speed is muzzled and vilified by the media. Now, these COVID-19 vaccine contracts under Operation Warp Speed are totally confidential. They've even used a middle contractor, who does things for the military, so that those contracts can't be acquired under FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. Mm. They're not in government custody why why the secretiveness why has the CEO of Pfizer really tried to blackmail Argentina in Brazil others can examine what the financial uh, reasoning for wanting such absolute control and assurance that they could, they could not be sued. I mean going to the extent of, of requiring them to give their military bases their banks and to put uh, to get insurance in, in other countries I mean all this collateral why? What does he know is in the data that we don't know? If there's nothing to hide, why are they so anxious? No matter that governments have given them immunity, they already have immunity. It's not enough. Bill Gates stated in 2020 that the final solution the pandemic will be a vaccine you can decide what that means of course he's referring to he and he knows he's old enough but in other words this is a kind of final solution to ensure compliance with covid vaccines governments have instituted unprecedented aggressive measures. This is primarily to ensure a vigorous cash flow. They're already talking about the vaccines being required every year. Yeah. That's again, Pfizer CEO, why not? They haven't yet even cashed in. I mean, the, the vaccination only began in the middle of December. What will their profits look like? at the end of 2021.
1: Why do you think, why do you think this is happening? Why are they pushing for this? What is the ultimate goal? What are they after?
0: Read The Great Reset.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: That is a must. Now, it's laid out.
1: Yeah.
0: It's laid out and it's essentially, it's to finish the job only now it's global. Yeah. It's to go beyond Hitler. This is global. Yeah. It's about population reduction. That's always been the oligarch's goal since, since John D. Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. And power, Mm -hmm. control, the technology today (laughs) is far superior to IBM's punch cards. Yeah. What they are doing with this virus is to institute absolutely unprecedented, oppressive and repressive um, elements that imprison us in our homes they will we're being tracked surveyed you know that green passports are now being instituted to have a par- an apartheid two-class society mm-hmm. one class privileged the other reviled and discriminated against sound familiar
1: absolutely
0: will ghettos detention camps follow And how will people be killed? The Nazis used tattoos to identify and track Jews well so that they don't escape, right? Well, now we've got even invasive tracking surveillance technology already done. It's it's been developed thanks to Bill Gates. He financed these. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now this great reset is the master plan Just as Hitler had a master plan, the Great Reset, or the New World Order, or the Fourth Industrial Revolution. This is a plan, and it's out in the open, and it's been, you know, he published it, he... COVID, as he indicated himself, Klaus Schwab, has provided, is a wonderful opportunity to reset. Did any of us give informed consent to a reset of the world? no way well shouldn't we shouldn't we be asked yeah but this is just it this has gone so far dr you talked before i heard just the last you yeah. know 10 minutes about how the um agencies the government agencies are, are giving a pass under the radar and yeah. What's all that about? Yes, they've already take, the oligarchs already own governments. I don't believe that the way this COVID virus, it's not the virus that's the problem. It's the eugenics that's the problem. Yeah. It's never gone away. And this is, and that class, the elites, truly believe that they are übermenschen and we are all untermenschen that is what is driving this so money of course but power power is (laughs) it's like a drug i think there are people who are absolutely evil they do not recognize the human species as being one once you start having these two class systems You will not prevent a global holocaust. Mm -hmm. And they can do it remotely. Click, click.
1: If we let them.
0: If we we let them. Now, I do want, in case you have not heard about this, this is terribly important because it, this. A new and documented investigative report Mm -hmm. just came out in February. Schwab family values you must read that Uh father and son each collaborated with genocidal regimes and this includes atomic includes The Nazis, one generation, a continuum by the sun, including dealing with the South African apartheid regime. You must read it, and you must uh, interview him and and get the documents. He documented, I've been looking for this, uh, and nothing, I couldn't find anything on the website. It was all wiped out. Nothing on the website tells you anything about Klaus Schwab before 1970. The man was born in 1938, yeah. and then when he appeared, suddenly he had—I don't know—20 doctorates, and you know, in Harvard, and just—I mean, it, it, it was just. This is a continuum. He provides the intellectual reasoning, and really, it, it's a, a protocol how they're going to work. They don't just want to control us the way they are now, telling us when we, how far distance we make, uh, stay from one another and, and, and be masked and all that. They also want to control our mind, our thinking. They want to know what we're thinking. And they already evidently have the, you know, technology has gone way, way, way beyond its scope that it should, just as, medicine has mm-hmm. just as government has. government should not be interfering in our personal lives in met in our medical choices what is that where did that come from it started with the Nazis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that's really why is it my hope while I'm still I never thought that I would be alive to be again afraid of the same elements. I'm afraid from the same people. Yeah. I think think that as a Jew who was persecuted under that regime, I believe that you, German, this generation must lead this fight. We We are connected. We were the victims. Your ancestors, right, were the perpetrators. We now must work together because each one of us—and there is, I'm sure, there's a memory going on in Germany among Germans. have got to plug into that and say, "This is this time around. We won't let them get away with it," because it really—it's it, worse.
1: We, it's worse. we won't let him get away with this. We spoke with Naomi Wolf uh, a week ago, and she alerted us to what this digital—it's a digital passport, this green passport—what it can do, and it oh, it turns us into
0: everything, whatever everything, you want. everything. The banking, it, you know, there are visionaries. There are people, you know, the, the books that yeah. have been written. Those, and yeah, I mean those things. They grasp things, yeah. you know. Artists <clears throat> grasp things before the rest of us do. Mm-hmm. And the tragedy really was that, you know, there were people. There was a, for example, a leader. I'll be talking about this to people in Israel because that's another target I have to yeah. deal with. Um, <clears throat> who warned the European Jews in Eastern Europe, get out, leave. Mm-hmm. You know, Place is going to burn down, get out, leave. And of course, most didn't because, you know, conspiracy theorists they didn't call it that then, but it was sort of, what is he talking about? You know, we're perfectly, you know, we're all right. Nothing's gonna happen to us. Luckily, my husband's father took him seriously, left Lithuania and went to Israel and then brought the wife and the baby and they were saved and the others weren't.
1: Mm -hmm. It's probably not a coincidence that we have been speaking with an interviewing a number of people who, um, who are, uh, are Jewish or Israeli and that there's a really close cooperation uh, that has, has uh, come from this and it's, it's, it continues. And I think you're absolutely right. It's us. We have to work together in order to stop this. But I'm, you know, the other day I spoke with one of the lawyers who we I have set up, we have set up an international legal cooperation. It works really, really well. Uh, including the Australians, because, uh, the Australians, the Canadians, the Americans, because we need that legal system, because it's the only one that has this powerful tool of class actions and this very powerful tool of pretrial discovery, which is the best yes. uh, law of evidence that anybody has ever had. Uh, and our friend Michael Swinwood, he's a Canadian lawyer who's been working with, um, with Indigenous people uh, for two or three decades now. And he says he agrees with you, and we're going to file another international um, class action, this time for children only. Okay. Um, and he says um, from, his, of course he, he realizes that the precursor to this is what happened in the Third Reich. But he says it's it goes beyond that because of, He started out representing um, indigenous people because they have always been the target of genocidal uh, fantasies. And he says, and I think you agree with this, it used to be only the Indians. Now we're all Indians. That's probably what we are. That's why this is global. And that's why we have to join forces and collaborate in order to stop this.
0: You know, one of the dangers right now is that, <clears throat> just as it was in the 30s politically, the the factions fighting each other, uh, that's all set up. That's all set up. You know, Black Lives Matter, except in public health, yeah. where it's institutionalized racism.
1: Yeah.
0: So those are to divert attention for what they're really doing. Mm. Mm. One of the things that I hope that you'll do with some of your class action lawsuits is use the Nuremberg Code.
1: Absolutely.
0: Use that Nuremberg Code. I mean, again, it, you and I have a good reason to rely on that. And, you know, it's been cited. I know I was involved in two cases in the United States where judges you know, cited it and absolutely used it. And nobody's ever challenged it. The beauty of the Nuremberg Code, which is why the, all the 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 ones on the other side, really, uh, the uh, particularly the the officials, of public health, they hate it. They hate the Nuremberg. They even, they even you know, the Helsinki is a little bit of a watering down as well, yeah. because the Nuremberg Code can't be changed. Mm-hmm. It's like the Ten Commandments.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. You
0: know, it it was. That, that legal decision was not challenged. The Nuremberg Code stands. And they, they don't know what to do with it. You see, that's the problem. Helsinki, as you know, it changes every mm-hmm. few years depending on what's okay, what's not okay. No, no. The Nuremberg says you're a subject. Right? Not a participant. And these are experiments, not studies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's The language is terribly, terribly important. Everything in public health is done in euphemisms. Mm -hmm. Never straightforward. When Mm -hmm. they want to do a pesticide experiment on children, they call it cheers. Mm -hmm. When they experimented on premature infants where one were given a lot of oxygen, the other very little, and some 23 babies died who wouldn't have if they would have been in regular care. They call it support. And, you know, the women about to give birth thought support. Oh, that means they're going to support me in this difficult time. You know, it's a premature baby, I'm afraid. That's how they hooked them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and of course in these kind of experiments yeah it's blacks and hispanics
1: yeah that is i spoke with um of course with michael swinwood who alerted me to the fact that um even close to 100 years ago the indians the canadian indians probably the american indians as well were used for all kinds of medical experiments and then i spoke with a an old australian aborigine he supports a group of lawyers who are fighting this in australia and he says this is in the 1940s when he was a child his mother was smart enough to realize and to understand the danger of what was going on, because they were vaccinating people back then. They were vaccinating aborigines, using them as guinea pigs. He said, my mother was smart enough. She took us, the children, and we moved from one place to another whenever they came closer. And that's how they survived, and everybody else died or got seriously ill. From the very start, when I first realized um, what was going on, I thought, "This this is the worst ever. Series of crimes against humanity ever committed, and we're going to have to we're going to have to look back, and we're going to have to make use of the Nuremberg Code because that is the most important result of the Nuremberg trials. Um, yeah, um, you know, of course, that uh, there is a couple, an Israeli couple, who I am in touch with, who filed a uh, complaint with the um, international. Yeah. Good people, uh, I'm going to have to talk to them again. Uh, but as you can see, it does seem to be working. But no one can do it by themselves. It has to be all of us joining forces and fighting this together. Oh, I
0: agree. It's very yeah. important not to be splintered.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, oh. um, but it's all written out. You see, you, you can use the plan, the master plan. Mm-hmm. This is where they're going. And this is not just this one person, Klaus Schwab. He leads it, he initiated it. Mm-hmm. But this is a global cabal, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. It's probably and, no more than say three thousand people uh who are at the very top of this. Uh unfortunately they're in there they're the oligarchs you're talking about, but there's also members of the churches and uh, everyone
0: uh, is everyone has been um Given grants or whatever. Yeah. Everybody's been bribed, so everybody's on board. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and of course, the media, in that sense, look, they've been planning this for a long time. Yeah. One of the things, for example, which was, you know, was something to, nobody else looked at it, there was somebody who wrote Bill Gates was the only one through the Gates Foundation, you know, nice tax exempt, all this foundation. Yeah, yeah. They're very much involved. Um, he was one who started very early to fund um, reporters, journalist schools. So in other words, you already train them by the time they go for their jobs a- at CNN or CBS mm-hmm. or whatever. They're already indoctrinated. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that's, that's a major problem. Uh, we spoke about this early today when um, our chief legal advisor, Professor um, uh, Martin Schwab, not related, not yes, yes. related. <laughs> uh, when he uh, when he told us, yeah, alerted our attention once again to this fact. It's the media. It's the it's the uh, mainstream media. We call them the old media as opposed to the independent media. Uh, it's the media through which all this propaganda is working, and they've been paying them off for a long time, for probably at least a decade, if not longer.
0: Very um, long. And and look, and the. The internet is, is the tech yeah. people. Yeah. And that's been totally uh I mean, how did they come about in the first place? Mm-hmm. Most of most of these most of the technology was developed by US military.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They invested in Amazon, they invested in Google, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. That's
0: right. Mm-hmm. And, and and I I would love, to, you know, hear something. I would love to know what deal was made in 1995 between the U.S. Justice Department and Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. At that time, Mm -hmm. he was absolutely going to lose everything. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They found, you know, they found the goods, in other words. And then suddenly, he became a philanthropist. Yeah. That was how it happened. So the question is, what changed, what got the Justice Department off his back?
1: There must have been a deal. It's very, deal. very obvious. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. You see, there these are a lot of these things, I mean, if one opens one's eyes and looks at things, then you start to understand.
1: Yeah.
0: But the trouble is, this is a little bit again, I think this it was in preparation, which is most young people fell in love with the technology.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's addictive. The iPhone is absolutely addictive. You walk along the street, people aren't even looking at the lights. They're looking
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: constantly. They wake up and you see, now, it's almost like a child with a teddy bear. Can you imag- Can a child imagine that that teddy bear which she loves is going to really do something against them? They can't believe the tracking that that's been used for. Yeah. The accumulation of all their personal secret, mm-hmm. you know, relationships and whatever. They don't, they can't connect that. They they, they think that we're nuts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting question. There must have been a deal, quite obviously.
0: Can I just quote one thing? from Paul yes. Schwab, so we know that, you know, this mm-hmm. is his own words. The pandemic represents a rare, narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Nothing will ever return to the broken sense of normalcy that prevented that prevailed, sorry, prior to the crisis because the coronavirus problems marks a fundamental inflection point in our global trajectory. What the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical digital and biological identity. This is transhumanism, in other yeah. words. But they're serious. I know when I first heard even the, about the concept of transhumanism, I said, Oh, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that was some years ago. And now there it is. Yeah. This is what they're planning. Yeah. And they've got a lot of the technology to do it.
1: I know. Uh, We see this danger. I do think these people are stark raving mad. Um,
0: Yeah, but but look, so did everyone outside think Hitler was stark raving mad. It's exactly Mm. the same thing.
1: Ja, yeah, we do. We are taking this seriously, absolutely. Also sie weiß, sie hat ein Zitat von Klaus Schwab eben gebracht, der äh, der in seinem Great Reset ist das, glaube ich, vorhanden. Äh, davon spricht, dass nichts mehr zurückkehren wird zur Normalität, sondern dass Covid der äh, äh, Punkt ist, an dem das Ganze, was bis dahin aus seiner Sicht nicht äh, richtig gelaufen ist, in die richtige Richtung geleitet wird. Ähm, Und äh, dass äh, dies die Gelegenheit ist, all das, was schiefgelaufen ist, zu korrigieren mit der vierten industriellen Revolution, Und äh, dann würde es eine Verbindung von, was war das, äh, Mensch, äh, Maschine und sonst was geben. Das ist dann dieser vollkommen irre Transhumanismus von vollkommen wahnsinnigen Leuten. Aber, wie sagt, völlig zu Recht, äh, auch Hitler hat man für verrückt gehalten in der äh, äußeren, in der Welt, die nicht äh, hier in Deutschland sich abspielte, also in weiten Teilen jedenfalls. Er hat es trotzdem ernst gemeint und er hat es gemacht. Und deswegen denke ich, so irre das alles klingt, wir müssen das ernst nehmen und uh, müssen, uh, wie wir es jetzt mehrfach gesagt haben, zusammenarbeiten, um, damit das Ganze gestoppt wird, bevor es noch schlimmer wird. Okay, Vera, this is, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight, but um, it's important to know these things. It's important. This has always been my firm conviction. We have to know what's going on. If we don't know what's going on, we're not going to make the right choices. That's why I'm extremely grateful for you being here. We will We will stay in touch, and uh, and we will stop this.
0: That's, that, that is what they've so far succeeded, is that people prefer to be yeah. looked the other mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that their entire life is, you know, they think as if they've got the people convinced that by, keeping, quote, it's physical distance we're talking about, uh, and masking that they're doing the civic thing. They're being good citizens.
1: Yeah. Vera, thank you very, very much. We will be in touch. Hopefully, we're going to be moving in the right direction from here on, and we will be able to talk to you again under maybe a lot better circumstances. But up until then, we'll we'll just keep cooperating. Yeah.
0: Okay, you get your champagne, I'll get mine. Okay,
1: great. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you very, very much. This was shocking, but very helpful. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.